Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam, including the Tascam Mini Studio. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. with us this week on Wookiee Radio um, besides the Smugglers 3 Derek Eric Derek Ken and myself Mike we oh, are- Eric <laughs> on the show he is another show we're being joined by creator of the toys that made us which you'll find on Netflix which has been picked up for yet another season which we're happy for Brian Volk Weiss thank you we are too hi how you, got, how you doing good how are you we're doing good so I know you you've talked with Derek and I over on Weeby Geeks about the entire show. This time we wanted to talk to you here on Wookiee Radio, which is our Star Wars show where we talk Star Trek and Xenomorphs. Nice. Um, we wanted to talk about the, the Star Wars episode and and the and what you found out about like the Lego Star Wars line. Um, the two big things Star Warsy from the toys that made us. So one. Ooh, what a great question. So so to start off, why Star Wars as the first episode? Um. So, I mean, basically, if I had only been allowed to make one episode, it would have been Star Wars. Star Wars uh, affected the career I chose. I, I, I probably would have been a, a dentist or a lawyer in New York uh, rather than a producer in L.A. if it wasn't for Star Wars. So, I mean, I was young enough when I saw Star Wars, I didn't really understand uh, what a movie was. So, you know, I, this is not a word I knew when I was three years old, but if I were to explain it to you how I felt when I was three years old, seeing Star Wars, um, it, it's basically like I thought it was a documentary. So I got out of the movie, and I'm like telling my parents, like, oh, my God, I know what I want to do when I grow up. I want to be an X-Wing pilot. I want to join the Rebellion. Like, wow. And, you know, my parents were amused for a couple of weeks, but, you know, around the month point, um, <laughs> they were starting to get a little worried. They gave me a book that I still have about the making of Star Wars. You know, and it was like a little book for, for five-year-olds. So that's a long way of saying Star Wars is a very personal uh, movie to me. And it was the toys as much as the movie that, uh, not to be cliche, but uh, made me. So 
That's why it was the first one. It was the first episode we cut. Um, we went back and forth with Netflix. Uh, the first cut we sent was two and a half hours long. And, um, you know, it really uh, it got to the point where once we locked that episode, we had the formula that essentially the rest of the show is backed into. Okay. What, what, what the show was probably the most revealing that just had you in the most shock when you, when you heard it as you the were Star Wars episode? on the Star Wars episode, the Star Wars episode. Oh, easy. Um, when we interviewed, uh, the lawyer, the Kenner lawyer, um, whose name it will come to me, but it escapes me at the minute. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we didn't even know if he was going to show up. So we're sitting there in Cincinnati. We're doing all these interviews. Uh, we had uh, spoken to him a few times on the phone, and we really didn't think he was going to show up. And then not only does he show up, he comes in with the binder, with the deal, and uh, he, he sat down and, and told us everything. And I don't know about you guys, but you know I'm 42 years old. I grew up my entire life believing that Star Wars, as it relates to George Lucas, the majority of the money that he made came from the toys and not the movies. So we're sitting there interviewing him and we suddenly are like, whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. There's no way George was only getting 2.5%. And he's like, I got the contract right here. And like I said, my entire life, and I believe everybody I know has grown up thinking that he made billions and trillions of dollars from the toys. And that was absolutely not the case uh, until the prequels. So that is without a doubt, not only the biggest surprise in the Star Wars episode, but I mean, the biggest surprise of uh, the whole series. One of the biggest surprises uh, of my life. Wow. He was a good interview too. Yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful. And when you make a TV show, you never know where the gold is going to be. Like you never, you think, ah, oh, this guy's going to be great. This guy, but you never know till you're sitting in the room. And, uh, you know, I'll be honest with you. He came in. He's, I, I don't think he's ever done an interview before. You know, one of the things due to me having been, in, you know, in show business, let's underline and highlight the business word of show business, is that, you know, I've had a front row seat to seeing how the business works of making entertainment. So because of that, in many other shows that I've done, and I brought this to Toys and Made Us, I know find the lawyers, find the lawyers, find the publicists, find like, those are the people that never get interviewed, um, which is very valuable for a couple of reasons. Reason number one, you're interviewing people who have never been interviewed before. So that's exciting for the public to see people, you know, in many things, people get interviewed over and over and over again, you know, for the same topic over 20, 30, 40, 50 years. So one of my favorite things, whenever I see this, on Facebook or Snapchat or whatever, um, when people are like, well, I've been a Star Wars fan forever. I've seen every movie ever made about Star Wars, every documentary. I had no idea. Like, how did you find that guy? How did you even know about him? So that's very rewarding as a producer when you read that. So we knew to look for the lawyers. Um, and, and we're doing that now. We do that for almost every show. And that's the first thing. The second thing is when you find people who are very relevant to a story and who have had a front row seat to it, they're watching other people get interviewed for decades 
And a part of them is like, well, I, I was there too. I was in that meeting. <laughs> I was at that launch. I was at, and they start to be like, well, how come no one wants to talk to me? So when you sit down with these people who have decades of, uh, how come no one cares what I think? And you give them a microphone and you ask them questions. Oh my God, decades of, I've waited my whole life to hear about this uh, starts to pop out and you learn so much. Yeah, I, I'm definitely one of those people that I've been a fan. I'm 44. I've been a fan since the first Star Wars movie came out. And I was the same way. I always thought that that Lucas had a, had the best part of that deal, and I had no idea until I saw your show what the truth really was. Yeah, I mean, nobody did. I mean, it, it was shocking. I mean, there are people who helped us make the show experts who had no idea. I, I mean, it was mind blowing. And and I was yeah. there. I mean, I did the interview. I was in the room. I mean, and again, like, by the way, again, not only did this guy show up, not only did he agree to the, the interview, he brought the contract. I've never seen that before. Yeah, <laughs> that was cool. Yeah. Now, well, you were when you sent the first um, cut of the episode to Netflix, it was like you said two, two and a half hours. Is there enough stuff that um, you had to cut out of there to possibly that we might get a volume two at some point? There's not going to be the toys that made us season eight, the star Wars episode part two, that won't happen. What we are trying to do now, and I feel confident we will accomplish is we will release a DVD or Blu-ray and or Blu-ray. I don't know. Uh, I don't have either by the way. Um, but we will release something like that next year that will have, it's not going to have like the full episode, but it will have uh, almost everything that we cut out now bonus features yeah yeah and, and i mean by the way if i'm ever found dead in the ditch like the 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 the, the, tra the, the transformers fans need to all be uh <laughs> asked where their alibis are because uh, the, even more than star wars those fans are like <laughs> this needed to be five episodes like why didn't you and it's like yeah no, i agree with you you're absolutely right but uh, no we uh, could not do five episodes I am also a Transformers fan, but I was pretty satisfied with your episode. I thought it was very interesting. Well, let me say this. First of all, thank you. That's kind of you to say. But let me say this. Uh, <laughs> there are Transformers fans, yeah. and there are Transformers fans. Yeah, uh, And my guess is, <laughs> if you were satisfied with it, uh, you are the former and not the latter. And by the way, for the record, I'm the former, not the latter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just imagine how bad it would have been if you'd have focused on the GoBots and uh, use the Transformers as just a point. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now, since you brought that up, what type of heat did you get from Star Wars fans involving the episode? I mean, God, I would say none. Um, I would say none. The the only, I shouldn't even bring this up. Like, I don't know what's wrong with me. Like, I should thank God <laughs> no one talks about this. But, hey, it's Wookiee Radio. Um, is there is a friend of mine. Should, should I name him? I'm going to name him. There is a friend of mine named Billy Galaxy, and Billy Galaxy owns a toy store in Portland, Oregon. He is one of my favorite, it's one of my favorite, even before I knew him personally, it's one of my favorite toy stores, vintage toy stores uh, in the United States. And uh, he and I have become friends, which is awesome. And uh, he, the, the last time I saw him in Portland, uh, we're talking, he's, uh, and he goes, 
Hey man, uh, are you getting a lot of grief uh, for the uh, the Gamorrean guard uh, thing? <laughs> yeah, what the hell are you talking about? Do you, let me ask you this: Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah, the the Friar Tuck, right? No, well, yes, but do you know the mistake we made? No, no. Yeah, uh, nobody noticed this. I didn't notice it. Uh, the entire staff of Toys and Made Us are Star Wars fans. Like nobody noticed this, but the voiceover Don, the VO artist who voiced over the whole series, he mispronounced Gamorrean Guard. Like, I don't even know how he said it, but he said it wrong. And I never heard about it. I never noticed it. And, uh, yeah, Billy Galaxy, he, uh, he noticed it. So, to answer your question, I could have taken the easy path, and I could have been like, yeah, no, we haven't gotten any uh, criticism. But uh, uh, we did make a mistake, but nobody noticed it. But, yes, uh, I'm embarrassed to admit uh, nobody. By the way, Don's a fan of Star Wars, too. I don't even know how he made that error, but he made it. And, and, and But I will say this in his defense, doing VO that he does, unless you try it, you do not understand how hard that is. It is so hard to do that job. So that's, if I had to guess, that's probably why something got missed uh, by him, let alone, uh, he had a lot of, uh, you know, defense as to making a mistake. It's embarrassing that I missed it and yada, yada, yada. But back to your question, sorry, uh, don't mean to be a sadomasochist. Oh, um, oh. Yeah, I really didn't get, um, listen, for how many images there are, and it's hundreds per episode, for the amount of information that we have to triple check and clear, and, you know, every episode has three law firms vetting, vetting them, like, yeah, we, I mean, I can't off the top of my head, and, you know, don't get me wrong, it's been seven months since it came out, so maybe I'm forgetting something, but, yeah, man, I I don't think we got any grief uh, for, for the Star Wars episode. Can, can you tell me anything uh, we should have been getting grief about? Uh, well, you never know, you never know what the way that Star Wars fandom's been recently. You know, it's mm. like they want to attack everything. So, personally, I'm glad to hear yeah, no, nothing we, has come your way. Yeah, ways. we didn't get any of that. That's awesome. No, none. I, we, we've had at least, we've had over 400 reviews and only one was negative. Every, the 399 or more um, were either like A's or A pluses. And, and I just want to tell you, as somebody who's produced a lot of garbage, uh, I do not uh, take this for granted. So I got to ask, what was the negative review? I'm not even going to say his name or where it was, but I'll tell you one thing that he said, and you tell me what you think of his criticism. He said uh, our Barbie episode wasn't didn't go into enough detail, and it would be better to read a book about Barbie because you'll learn a lot more than it would be to watch the episode. Well, here's the funny thing. Now, I don't know about you guys. I'm a huge reader. I love books. I still buy physical books. I don't, I've never oh, owned yeah. a digital e-reader or anything. Uh, you know, I, I think I'm kind of, we're in a minority. Most people uh, prefer watching TV shows uh, than reading. So, uh, yes, if, if TV shows competed with books, I think most uh, TV shows uh, would lose out to the book as it relates to communicating information uh but uh yeah so uh, touche the book beat us there, there's a lot more in a book well i'm not bitter at as much as i like to read and as much as i love to watch tv i don't know there was a lot of information in that barbie episode that one i didn't know part and, it, and that's even having a daughter who actually doesn't really collect barbies um but i mean with the history you you would think you would hear some of the things that that will have come out i personally never heard it so i mean i thought it was a great episode yeah 
yeah. <laughs> you're you're very kind. It, it is definitely one of my favorites, to put it mildly. Uh, one of my favorite moments uh, in the first. To me, there's now 12 episodes, but uh, as it relates to the first eight, um, you know, it, it, one of my favorite things that I, we learned was about the, you know, the Barbie dolls, how they always look sideways. Uh, and then as oh, women yeah. <laughs> were becoming more and more equal to men, they started looking forwards. Like of anything I learned in this adventure, um, that's at the top of the list. Um, like, so yeah, I have Barbie dolls now. I have the last Barbie doll that was looking sideways and i have the first barbie doll that was looking straight ahead wow nice well it's like one of the more interesting things i learned was actually about about the star wars figures and how the they came up with the size form yeah it wasn't anything technical or you know this is the exact size for what we need for the vehicles or it was just like i want them this big Yeah, yeah. Well, I that one decision changed toys forever. Yeah, Yeah. it sure did. Well, I I sure did. I found it interesting too that like some of the original figures they were used the same molds as the Fisher Price um, people at the time, which I remember having some of those as a kid. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I. I, so sorry. Go ahead. Now, I, I turned forty eight next month, so I was I was there when all this you know premiered and um, you know the early bird certificate and everything. And I just remembered taking the Fisher Price people and having them intermingle with the Star Wars figures, and we shared vehicle. You know, they shared vehicles and everything else. It was <laughs> it, it was perfect. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny going back to what you said about the fire tuck of it all. Um, you know, to get Netflix to greenlight the show, we had to make a tape. It was about a six-minute tape. We're actually showing it at Comic-Con tomorrow uh, at our panel. And, um, you know, we it's six minutes. There is one thing in it that made it into the entire series, and it's the fire tuck thing. Wow. <laughs> Now, I want to jump over to the Lego. Um, it was cool watching the Lego episode, and it's not in the system. Not in the system. Being, it's almost like the subtitle <laughs> of the show. Um, yeah. But Star Wars saving Lego? I might have heard that, um, but that, uh, uh, that was a shock. The the and, and again, you know, sometimes when you produce a show, uh, it's much easier to know this stuff than if you've just watched it once. But Star Wars was a part of saving Lego. The main thing that saved Lego was Bionicle um, because Bionicle was a monster hit and they owned it, so they weren't paying any royalties. Right. So. Right. Um, Star Wars is part of the reason they almost went bankrupt was because uh, a year lined up where there was no Star Wars movie or Harry Potter movie. And that's what actually literally almost caused it. When they reached out to Mattel uh, to see if Mattel would buy them. By the way, that's one of my other favorite facts in the whole series is like Mattel could have bought Lego for like probably $200 million. And wow. like, you know, they now profit between 1.5 and 2 billion a year. So to, to I mean, that's got to hurt. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, so anyway, um, but yeah, so that the Star Wars played a, a very big part, but um, I wouldn't, I don't think it's fair to Lego to say that Star Wars saved them. It, it was largely bionicle. Okay. Well, I was surprised they they had so many problems with Lego, though, where they almost did go bankrupt. (laughs) 
Well, I, I got to tell you, and this is something that if we had made a two-hour episode would have been a big part of a longer episode. Um, we interviewed this executive who runs uh, Lego Friends, which is the girl-focused uh, Legos. She's in the episode. Um, I noticed it with her for the first time, but I'm talking to her. I'd say when she got to Lego, she's probably 24, 25 years old, and I'm talking to her, and we're interviewing her and the whole thing's going on and she's talking about the bankruptcy like she had been there. She's going on and on and on about the bankruptcy and we learned this from the bankruptcy, we learned that from the bankruptcy and because of the bankruptcy this, because of the bankruptcy that and just going on and on and on about the bankruptcy. I finally said to her, let me ask you something, I'm, I'm just curious, um, were you at Lego when they almost went bankrupt in 2003? And she's like, oh no, I, I, was, uh, I was in like uh, junior high. <laughs> so the fact the fact that a employee who wasn't there for that talks about it like they are there for that were there for it yeah I mean insane. that's amazing that says a lot about the culture at that company mm-hmm. um, you know when you walk around Lego every room usually in the windowsills every room has a little container with bricks mm-hmm. so like you go into like a cafeteria you know you figure there's 10 to 20 windows per wall. Every single window has bricks in a little container. Wow. And the reason for that is that's, again, that's, that is 15 years later, that is still a reaction to the bankrupt, the almost bankruptcy, um, because they quote unquote lost sight of the brick. So every room, and I mean every room, the bathroom, every room all over Lego has bricks in it. So that was an amazing thing to see. Wow. Now, I know we're coming close to a to an end with you for tonight. Um, what from Star Wars between Lego and the Star and, and everything with the Star Wars episode? What was it with the toys and Star Wars um, made you just go, wow, um, and give you a greater appreciation for for everything that's happened? You know, it's, it's a great question. And I I don't know if I'm normal or unusual in my answer to your question. But I'm going to answer it. The thing which was really interesting about Star Wars, which, like I said, of all the toys, was the one closest to me and the one that I cared about the most, is, you know, we went to Rancho Obi-Wan, which I'm sure you know what that is, and we saw this amazing stuff. We went to other people's collections that are famous, super famous, and we saw the most amazing things. I mean, the most amazing things, a lot of which didn't even make it into the show. Um, Like, just wonderful, wonderful stuff. Like, like, I mean, seriously, I mean, I I don't want to, just to make this story work, I have to tell you what some of them were. Like, Like, we saw the Return of the Jedi Jabba's Palace microline set that never got made. We yeah. saw the, uh, you know, we saw the molds for the prototype of Greedo. We saw the, uh, you know, uh, Flix, you know, the uh, the famous character that, uh, because the Ewok adventure was canceled, was only released in Brazil. Uh, not only did we see Flix, um, we saw, and by the way, weird thing to say, but just so you know, like, I don't care. I, I never will own a rocket 
rocket-firing Boba Fett. I don't care about rocket-firing Boba Fett. I am obsessed with getting a Vlix. I want a Vlix so badly. I don't know why. I can't explain it to you, but one day I will have a Vlix. But anyway. <laughs> I'm in that same boat with you. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's my, by the way, I get asked all the time, what's the thing that was the most painful to cut from the show? We had a seven-minute piece on Vlix. Uh, so, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But don't worry. That's on Facebook. We've put that out. So if you go to our Facebook page, you can find that. But um, to go back to your question, the thing that I saw that, I mean, just truly made me get goosebumps and tear up a little bit was I saw in a private collection, in a, literally in a basement in a house in Cincinnati, a suburb of Cincinnati, like if you saw the outside of the house, you would have no idea what was in it. They had a a first shot. Do you know what a first shot is? I I'd never know who knows or doesn't know what that is. Do you guys know what that is? Mm, I know. So a first shot in the toy business is basically after they make the molds, they have to see if the mold is any good, right? So whatever plastic they have laying around, whatever color, they squish it through the mold to see if the mold works. So it's not what are called production colors. So uh. in one of these random basements in, the, like I said, a random suburb of Cincinnati, I saw a first shot of the first, you know, Kenner, like 1978 TIE Fighter. And it was exactly like the TIE Fighter that all of us played with, but it was bright green. Oh. And I just remember looking at it, and I'm just staring at it, and I'm like, this is crazy. Like, there was a time where a mold got made. No one knew what it would be. Nobody knew that all of us on the phone right now would have memories 40 years later of playing with this thing, remembering the sound it made. And there was a time where this was just a piece of metal that they had to squish whatever plastic was handy on the factory floor. And somehow, 40 years later, this is still intact and it wow. still exists. And I got to hold it uh, like that. That for me, I, I mean, listen, guys, uh, <laughs> I'll be honest with you, because this is definitely uh, the right audience to tell this to. Most people would be freaked out, but I cried. I literally cried. I was literally <laughs> holding it. And I, I, I wasn't bawling, you know, but I definitely cried. I didn't just tear uh, up. Like, I had tears going down my cheeks. It was it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. Oh, uh, I would love to see that. You guys, you guys, yeah. you guys are like, you guys are like, actually, no, we are we are not the right. We are, we are freaked out, too. That's crazy. Yeah. Why were you crying? No, no, not uh, at all. Trust me. <laughs> um, I know. Oh, it was crazy, man. I know we got to let you go. Where can people find you on the Internet? My favorite place to communicate with fans is Instagram. Um, so, you know, I'm under my own name. I, I love, and by the way, added incentive to follow me on Instagram is I, I tend to put out some sneak peeks uh, for what's coming. So uh, definitely if you follow me, uh, you'll, you'll see some hints at uh, season three uh, and some other things too. But it, it's my favorite way to communicate with fans just because it's very streamlined. Facebook gets a little crazy. Um, and also, like, Facebook, you can only have, like, 5,000 friends, so it's just hard. Uh, and I don't like the interface as much. But, 
Yes. Sorry, I'm rambling. Uh, oh. Instagram. Instagram. Awesome. Well, thank you for your time. Have fun at San Diego Comic-Con. Wish we could be there with yeah. you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Amen. We'll be posting about it all day uh, on Facebook. So, um, yeah, thank you. Check it out. And uh, just uh, from on behalf of the whole crew, on behalf of myself, uh, myself today and myself when I was five years old, uh, thank you for supporting the show. Um, it, it should not be taken for granted um, that the show's a hit and that it's, it's going to be going on forever. But I really do want it to go on forever. So um, thank yeah. you, thank you, thank you uh, for supporting us. Our pleasure. Wish we had more time with you, but we're going to let you go because we don't want Rachel hating us. Me as well. I, I'd be... Uh, <laughs> 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 that's I make that joke myself frequently. Uh, thank you so much. Yeah, I, you're lucky. I could talk about this stuff for two hours. Uh, have a good night. Take it easy. We'll have you come back on then sometime in the future. I would love that. Anytime. Uh, I'd right. be happy to. All right. Our pleasure. Have a good night. All right. Bye. Bye. To the Batmobile. Let's go. Are you in the market for some new swag? Some comic thing merch? How about a sweet water keychain of your favorite villain or vigilante? Just hop over to the Weeby Geek site and click the Superhero Stuff link and let the retail therapy commence. Using the link helps support Weeby Geeks because they get a small commission from each sale at no extra cost to you. So get to shopping and thanks for listening. Well, you don't have to go. You could go to WeebyGeeks.net, but you could also go to WookieRadio.net. We have the links there as well. So uh, I need to get Kylan to redo that and say, go to the website for this show and have it be a little bit more broad for the shows that we're putting it on. <laughs> or we'll just record a new one from one of us that's just that's a Star Wars plug for it. This is true, too. You could do that, and I'll throw a Star Wars uh, tag at the beginning, like maybe uh, a little Han Solo doing something like this. Uh, where did it go? I can't find it. Oh my God. Oh, wait, wait, no, no. Uh, that's what I get for jumping ahead. <laughs> where is it? Ah. Transmission commencing. And then go into the plug. Yeah. I have it in, but anyway. <laughs> Um, well, Comic-Con's happening right now, so I'm going to say Happy Geek New Year. Uh, again, I want to thank Brian for coming on the show. Uh, hopefully, we'll get him back on where we can have more time and get into things a little bit more. Um, but if you want more fix, go listen to him over on Weeby Geeks when we had him on back in, was it February? I think it was. <laughs> yeah, it was prior to Season 2 coming out. So definitely, we'll, yeah. I think we're going to try and get him, I want to try and get him back on for Weeby Geeks to, to talk about season two and what's coming up season three. Okay. Well, I know exactly what he was talking about when he was talking about the uh, the TIE fighter and how you can feel, get emotional because I re- remember back last summer when I actually got to go see the Star Wars power and costume exhibit down in Cincinnati. Yeah. And uh, down the hallway seeing these um, promo videos about Star Wars and stuff. This is awesome. This is all great. I'm all excited. You turn around the corner. I, for some reason, I would, don't know why it hit me, but you turn around the corner and you see a mannequin wearing Alec Guinness's Obi-Wan Kenobi costume. It's just kind of hit me. I'm like, wow, wait a minute. And it, yeah. I, I don't know what it was, but, um, but I, I'm happy to say I'm not the only one that was like that. So I, I will tell you um, with studios, one of the first times I got to take a tour of Star Tours before it opened uh, with the original and getting to get up close to some of the Astromechs. Oh, that. Oh, yeah. That was 
being able to just stand on the walkway and, and just look down and go, I, I can't believe it. And then when Launch Bay opened and seeing all the different models there. Mm. Well, like, like I was telling you guys, years ago at the at the, uh, the Museum of Science in Boston, they had a Star Wars exhibit. And they had a case full of all the models, like the Falcon and the, the Star Destroyer and everything. And I just I just stared at that for who knows how long, just looking at every detail. And and I remember they also they had like C-3PO and R2-D2, and that was great. And then they had a full-size land speeder, and uh, I wish they had let us climb on it. I would love to have climbed in the in the seat and see what it yeah. was like. Yeah. Well, I will say, if I ever win the lottery, <laughs> I will own Ivlix. That's, that's my goal. Lottery? That's going to be one of my first frivolous purchases. I'm getting a Flix. Actually, I want to get two. One that's either mint on card and one loose. This one loose is just going to sit out and go, yep, you could touch this one. You ain't <laughs> touching that one. <laughs> So, yeah. Yeah. But apparently there was an unproduced uh, Manjopa. Oh, wait. Oh, this is someone's custom that they've done. Really? <laughs> did I get suckered into that? Well, actually. <laughs> Sounds so, like it. Um, did you, last week we talked about the new fan awards, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. Because remember, that actually opened up this week. And it is awesome that you can actually you can actually win the um, best custom figure award from the Lucasfilm. Wow, that's just that's just awesome <laughs> stuff like that. The best costume, uh, just the the whole idea of the new fan awards for Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, but no no best theme song for a podcast. Give them time because I think we'd win hands down. This is the first time they've done they've changed it up to um, since the creation of the fan film awards. Yeah, it's the first time they've changed to it. So yep. Speaking Speaking of awards, I want to put a shameless plug in for Mighty Marvel Geeks. Go to the podcastawards.com. If you sign up under listener nominations, please go vote for Mighty Marvel Geeks under the People's Choice, Entertainment, and TV and Film categories. Help us get to the next round, please. But no help getting to the next round because they don't need the help. It's her universe. And I think, Ken, you got that story. Oh, yeah. Well, everybody knows Ashley Eckstein um, most famously is actually the voice of Ahsoka Tano and not just the voice she is a Sokotano. Yes. Um and she has started this little company that could back when um, right after the Clone Wars started up called her universe which was awesome because it was one of the first fashion companies that was actually doing geek fashions for women and girls yeah we actually interviewed nope. we interviewed her over on we be geeks many years ago awesome we gotta get her back on here now we did but the only I did have one major complaint about her universe back then all the way through until recently that there was nothing for me <laughs> but I understand where because she, she even said back then that the reason um, they did girls is because there's so many people already doing men's fashions and especially geek men's fashions. Yeah, well, she said the, the concept started because she raided her husband's closet for Star Wars clothing. Yeah. Because well, there was nothing really out there for, for girls or women. Yeah. Wife has been wearing men's shirts for years. So. Yeah. But um, start, the Clone Wars turning 10 this year and they have the big um, 10th anniversary panel at um, Comic-Con, which <clears throat> has already happened at this point. So you guys already know what happened at that. Um, as we're recording, we it's not happened yet. So we're all excited about what could be happening. Yeah. But uh, Ashley has actually released a new line, a new anniversary line for the Clone Wars. Um, and actually 
actually, if you go to StarWars.com and look up the uh, Her Universe launches the Star Wars Clone Wars 10th anniversary line, you can actually see they did a photo shoot for this, and they actually had at the photo shoot some of her friends from the Clone Wars. Dee Bradley Baker um, was wearing a Rex jacket, Matt Lancer wearing the Anakin Skywalker hoodie, Catherine Tabor playing with the Adma- Padme Amidala jacket, uh, James Earl Taylor came in to do an Obi-Wan Kenobi robe, and Sam Witwer was wearing the Darth Maul jacket. Now, all of these look phenomenal. Um, they are available at Comic-Con. If you guys are there at Comic-Con and you're hearing this now, uh, you can buy them at the Her Universe booth at number 2913T in the Lucasfilm Star Wars Pavilion. It's also available at HerUniverse.com. Now, um, all of these are awesome. The Ahsoka dress is sweet because she actually has the Ahsoka uh, cl- or, uh, um, scarf that goes with it that looks like um, the pattern from Ahsoka's head tails or Leku. Yeah, yeah. And you can actually buy that separate. I saw it on the website. So you can buy the um, scarf separate. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Star- well, StarWars.com asked her some questions about the line a little bit. Um, they, the first one they asked up was, um, Star Wars The Clone Wars obviously means so much to fans. What At what point did you decide to celebrate its 10-year anniversary uh, with the new line? And what did you want to, What did you want the line to say? Now, according to Ashley, every year it's at Comic-Con, we design a new collection. Our collections are usually inspired by an anniversary or upcoming movie. We start designing our collections about nine months in advance of the launch, and we knew we had to desi- dedicate our collection to the 10th anniversary of Star Wars The Clone Wars, which is happening on August 15th. Now, August 15th, 2008, is when Clone Wars debuted with the movie in the theaters, and then it came to TV on October 3rd of 2008. Right. Uh, and she wanted to, the collection to represent the characters from our, the beloved series, and she says, I was inspired by character by the characters' costumes, and I was thrilled to design a collection for men and women. Uh, the women's designs are under the our, her universe label, and the men's and unisex designs are under the new our universe label, which is awesome because now I can get some of this stuff too. Yeah. Uh, the collection is a mix of uh, dressy and casual, and I hope fans will be able to show off, show their love for the Clone Wars with this new collection. And the best thing about her universe and our universe now is they don't make um, a lot of times. I'm a bigger guy, and a lot of times you see this awesome stuff, but it, they only make it to maybe an XL. That they don't make like a two X. Ashley has made all sizes available just about. So yeah. no matter what body type is, how um, how hard it is to find clothing, you can usually find something from her universe. And, and even for women, there's more plus sizing. Yeah, available. It's nice because Ashley realizes not all women are a size zero. This is true. Now and not all men either. That's so. right. Star Wars, StarWars.com um, asked her, the next question was, can you talk a bit about these animated looks and bring them into the into the world of fashion? Um, it seems uh, like a tricky thing to do. According to Ashley, we specialize in uh, what I like to call everyday cosplay, which we've seen on a lot of different fashions and um, pieces that her universe has put out. It says, as fans, we like to show off our love for our favorite characters, but we can't walk around in costumes every day. I, I don't know why. Why would uh, I would if I could? If I had costumes, I'd wear them all the time. <laughs> I I do wear costumes all the time. See, oh, I, it, it's our work uniforms are called costumes at Disney. So yeah. Oh, that's yeah. Well, Disney's got some strange. It's because it's the whole concept of on set or backstage, on stage, mm-hmm. because where the guest star is on stage, because that's where the show's happening. Yeah. Well, Ashley goes on to talk about. I love to look. Uh, I love to look at costumes, whether they're animated or not, and figure out how I can translate them to fashion. Some costumes are more difficult than others to design but always love I always love a challenge uh, next one up they asked her 
The photos of the original cast modeling the clothes are fun, but also kind of powerful. Just by seeing you all together, what was the shoot like, and what what did everything um or what did everything ah they typo there what did everyone think of their clothes uh she goes she ashley says here i had my castmates in mind when i designed this collection and i knew what i wanted them to model for me uh, this photo shoot most of us have known each other since 2006 and we've become a family we had so much fun at the shoot due to a scheduling conflict sam had to come in prior to the cast but i got to see him and catch up which is always fun while darth maul and anna are at odds, Sam and I are good friends. When uh, Matt, D, James, and Kat came in, it was just like old times. D and James are always making me laugh. Just like Ahsoka and Padme, Kat and I are great friends with lots of respect for each other. Matt brought his wife Angela and the new baby uh, McKinley with him to the shoot, and we were all excited about to see them. Everyone really seemed to like their clothes, but what really stood out to me was how supportive they were, they all were of me. Her universe and now our universe. Uh, they have been with me from the beginning of my Her Universe journey, and they've supported me from day one. I feel the same about them, and they will always have my continued support. And then they finally wrap it up with um, say, comic book, or uh, yeah, comic book. StarWars.com wraps it up with, uh, you're going to be a part of the Star Wars, or you're going to be a part of the Clone Wars anniversary panel this week. What's it been like for you being part of this show, being Ahsoka, and being part of Star Wars for 10 years? Well, Ashley came on to finish up this interview, she says, this is not really a short or easy answer because the Clone Wars and Ahsoka changed my life for the better and I am forever grateful. Before the Clone Wars came out, Dave Filoni told me that my life would change and I didn't quite believe him. It wasn't until the Clone Wars um, came out in movie theaters that I understood what he meant. Within a few weeks I had fan mail from all over the world from fans welcoming me to the Star Wars universe. I was beyond humbled and instantly knew that this project and this character would be different. Ahsoka Tano was the first female Jedi that was a lead character in a Star Wars series or film, and that was that was groundbreaking at the time. The fact that Anakin Skywalker had a Padawan, and his Padawan was a 14-year-old girl, sent shockwaves through the universe. Yeah. I understood. Yeah, that was huge. Um, and it, it's because she's become one of the most beloved characters in Star Wars now. Yep. Uh, she continued with Ahsoka's presence meant that little girls everywhere would have a more inclusive environment thanks to her. And Ahsoka also represented change. In many ways, she paved the way for strong female characters we have today. Being the voice of Ahsoka has inspired me. Star Wars fans all over the world have inspired me, and I've changed the way I look at life because of Ahsoka and being part of the Star Wars universe. So, um, yeah, this new line of clothes is phenomenal. It's already up online. I've, I looked at it right before we did the show. Um, I, th- this Anakin hoodie, I, I gotta get this thing. This is awesome. What, what's it retailing for on the site? Uh, I'm gonna look it up right now again so I can... Yeah, the cool thing is, too, within the last couple of years, her universe got bought, but they've kept her on by Hot Topic. Yeah. Uh, actually, that was not even up here yet, the um, Anakin hoodie. But the Ahsoka dress is 69 or um, 70 and $80, which is about right for her universe dress. The Obi-Wan Kenobi um, long sweater is um, 60 So The Rex jacket is $79.90 to $83.90, I'm assuming, based yeah. depending on size. Size, yeah. Still, the Plo Koon, uh, t-shirt here is kind of cool. The Plo Koon, Plo Koon Bros t-shirt. Yeah, yeah. 
her universe just has some awesome stuff. Although this is a bounty hunter t-shirt they have on the bottom would be awesome too. Yes. With Cad Bane. Boss, IG-88, Aurora Singh. <laughs> okay, I gotta go back and watch Clone Wars again. Actually, that's not, it is IG-88. Uh, the other is what, Magna Guard? Looks like that's been modified. Uh, IG eighty six. There we go. So, um, I'll tell you what. If you are at Comic Con, because by the time this, if you're listening on Sorcerer Radio, if you're at Comic Con, you're listening to us podcast wise. If you were at Comic Con, um, the Millennium Falcon experience is there, and it, it's a stunning life size replica of the ship's cockpit, uh, cast from the original set. You, um, cast from the original set used for Star Wars for Solo a Star Wars story. The attention to detail is incredible. From seats to light speed levers, fans will have the opportunity to go inside the cockpit with a few of their crewmates for a photo opportunity, which can be shared on social media. So in other words... Practice your Han and Lando smiles, or practice your Lando and L3 nods. So this is actually different than I thought. I thought this was actually going to be the um, whole Falcon that they were doing before Solo was released. No, I, I don't. Just cockpit. No, it's just the cockpit. Um, yeah, I don't think they'd let them put the whole Falcon in. Yeah. Well, they, there's no room. That would take up a lot. It took up no a lot room. of real estate. No. Uh, uh, other hotels or something. Yeah. Kind of like what Disney's doing with their DC uh, Universe experience. Now, part of the experience is you have to go through a ticketing process to secure a spot. No. So free tickets are uh, start were, were being distributed on a first-come, first-served basis, beginning back on Wednesday on preview night. Um Geek Year's Eve, uh, along the back wall of the Lucasfilm Pavilion. Uh, the earliest entry time was going to be, was at 6.30 p.m. on Wednesday. Tickets for Thursday and through Sunday uh, would be obtained on the day of entry, beginning at 9.30 a.m., with the first entry at 10 a.m. Each pass is, was, was good for a group up to five individuals, so you get five people in there. Okay. get Go in with that old crap moment, with the everyone's going, ah, scream be cool. The cool thing is, it looks like you could um, you could only get the tickets the same day as you go in. Yes. As, as it'd be good for, which means you didn't wouldn't have people. Hopefully, you didn't have people waiting in line for hours to get tickets for this. Mm, sounds like something that should have been <laughs> done for oh the shop during celebration. Not saying, but saying. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so you think they would have learned by now? Yeah. See, we'll we'll see what comes out of Chicago. So, um, speaking of solo, I was gonna say speaking of the Morning Falcon, but that'll work too. Uh, <clears throat> we have some information. Question is, do they mm-hmm. have the Falcons Lounge? <laughs> uh, Probably not. That's exclusive. Ooh. Um, so we have some info about the solo Blu-ray coming out, and uh, first. First of all, is uh, something I found interesting to note. Uh, We have a picture of the cover, which is going to have, of course, the the uh, newfangled old Falcon in the back. in the That's background, really weird with the point on the end of it, it looks way than it should be. I bought, um, I got the uh Hot Wheels uh, miniatures of I have the original Falcon and that Falcon, and I put them up next to each other, and it's just so weird. <laughs> now, do, you, do you have the one from the current trilogy? Yes, so you got what did they do? All three, uh, yes, sounds like I have a mission now. <laughs> um, anyway, so <clears throat> here's another interesting thing that I noticed about the cover. So of course you ha- you have the uh, a fine group of scoundrel 
Eagles lying across the cover. Uh, first, you have Han Solo standing in the center, and uh, behind him on either side are Kira and Lando. I thought you were and, talking uh, about us. <laughs> you said scoundrels. And uh, oh, these are the original scoundrels. And uh, then, and then, uh, you know, behind them, uh, you see Beckett and Chewie, and then uh, L three and uh, uh, nuts. What was her name? Val. What? Yeah. Uh, but do you notice who you don't see? Those mall. Well, yeah, obviously. But no, <laughs> the one member of the group. Uh, there's one member of the group there that we we don't have. Uh, uh what's his name with a B? The pilot that Han replaces on the AT yeah, carrier. Yes. Yep. On the exactly. AT carrier. John Favreau. They, they left him off the cover. Can you believe that? What are well, you have a short amount of screen time right behind Val. Right. Yeah, so she's on, but she's on, so he should be Val on. Five minutes in the movie. He had about three and a half. <laughs> what, they couldn't fit all four of his arms on? I guess. He was a great <laughs> character. Yeah, he was. I know. He needs his own spinoff movie. Yeah, or at least a comic. So... <clears throat> Um, well, maybe he'll be in the Beckett comic. Uh, here's the official the official uh, press release for the DVD Blu-ray release. Lucasfilm Solo, a star... What? It's Rio. Yes. Ah, Rio, Rio, yes. That's Rio it. Durant. Also, too, missing is, is Amphros Ness, but uh, we're, we're doing the crew, not the... Yeah. Anyway, as I was saying, Lucasfilm Solo, a Star Wars story, directed by Academy Award-winning filmmaker Ron Howard, the creator of unforgettable films such as A Beautiful Mind, Apollo 13, Parenthood, and Splash took moviegoers on this summer's wildest ride with the most beloved scoundrel in the galaxy, Han Solo, Han Solo played by Alden Ehrenreich. The action-packed journey explores Han's first encounter with the fu- future friend and co-pilot Chewbacca, played by Junus Jonas, what is it? Swotomo? Tomo. And notorious gambler Lando Calrissian, played by Donald Glover, as well as his adventure-filled past alongside fellow street thief Kira played by Amelia Clark and career criminal Beckett played by Woody Harrelson watch instantly on September 14th as the Millennium Falcon sets course digitally in HD and 4k ultra HD and on movies anywhere and bring the adventure home on blu-ray 4k ultra HD blu-ray DVD and on demand on September 25th uh, solo a Star Wars story bonus content takes fans behind the scenes to experience compelling discussions with the star-studded cast and screenwriters Jonathan Kasdan and Lawrence Kasdan, uh, writer of Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back and Star Wars Return of the Jedi. A revealing feature on Chewie and his enduring friendship with Han, a close-up look at the original version of the Millennium Falcon, and Han's first time piloting the infamous ship. The creation of the film's otherworldly settings and pulse-pounding action sequences, and eight never-before-seen deleted and extended scenes. Now, it lists off the digital and Blu-ray bonus material, which it then says may vary by retailer. I hate when they do that. I wish, yeah, they, but that, I wish they would stop doing that. I know, yep, me too. Give them extra for allowing them to have exclusive stuff. Ah, such a pain, though. Make the exclusives stuff that comes with the DVD. Not, but give me all my bonus material. I don't want to go searching for all that crap. Yeah, and, and then I'm, if you know, I'm a bonus, I'm a bonus material junkie. And you don't want to have to buy a, bun- a bunch of different copies of the thing just to get the you know the the one bonus that you really want. Or well, I, I've 
also noticed too um, with this one did y'all catch there is no Blu-ray DVD digital copy it's oh, it, does, it say that it just says um, it doesn't say how they're being packaged together but it does say it is available Blu-ray digital and DVD so right mm-hmm. could be uh, I don't know there probably will be a Blu-ray DVD comp but all of them will have um, digital mm. if it is then it's not Target because Target is listing um, as their big exclu- exclusive with the book I believe it's the Ultra and then Blu-ray digital mm. A lot of well, DVDs out of the um, Blu-ray digital copy. Yeah. Well, here are some of the various uh, bonus material that you can that you will that they will have. Uh, Solo, the director and cast roundtable. Sit down with director Ron Howard and the stars for an intimate and entertaining discussion of the film's making. Team Chewy, see what it takes to bring your favorite Wookiee to life in this light-hearted look behind the scenes. Kasdan on Kasdan, iconic Star Wars screenwriter Lawrence Kasdan and son Jonathan share what it was like to write the movie script together. Oh, that's nice. Remaking the Millennium Falcon, track the transformation of the most famous ship in the galaxy from Lando's swank and impeccable pride and joy to Han's stripped-down hot rod freighter with special modifications. Uh, Escape from Corellia, get behind the wheel for the making of this high-octane chase through the streets of Corellia. The train heist, explore the challenges and thrills of creating this action-packed sequence, including its remote location and spectacular effects. Becoming a droid, L337. Meet the newest droid and the talented actor who helps bring her to life. Uh, I still like the way, like, when you see the behind-the-scenes uh, pictures of that, and it's uh, it's the actress in the green suit and yeah. uh, and the with the droid, but it looks so weird when you don't see it in, when you see it like that. Uh, scoundrels, droids, creatures, and cards. Welcome to Fort Ipso. Take an in-depth tour of the rough and tumble bar where strangers mix and gamblers risk all in the legendary card game Sabak. Into the Maelstrom, the Kessel Run. Join Han and Chewie at the controls of the Millennium Falcon to see how this legendary moment in Star Wars history unfolds. There will be several deleted scenes. Uh, Proxima's Den, Corellian Foot Chase, Han Solo Imperial Cadet. Oh, that's cool. The Battle of Mimban Extended. Han versus Chewie Extended. Snowball Fight, which uh, I read something about today. Sounded interesting. Uh, Meet Dryden Extended and Coaxium Double Cross. And then they have the Millennium Falcon from Page to Park. An exclusive look at the history of the most famous ship in the galaxy, its origin and development, and how it will translate in one of the most anticipated expansions in Disneyland's history. So there's some some, uh, interesting stuff there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And again, uh, comes out digitally on September 14th and on Blu-ray on September 20th. 25th. Looks like the only thing they're missing is an actual <laughs> commentary. Yeah, that's hmm. that's been that's been kind of common in the newer ones. Uh, did, did Ryan Johnson did they put one on the Last Jedi? I don't remember. I don't remember. I'm not sure. I know for J.J. Abrams, you had for the Force Awakens, you had to get the uh, 3D combo pack to get the director's commentary. Yeah, mm. I don't know if I'm weird or not, but I like I love listening to what the directors have to say about what happened or the cast and crew. I yeah, it's interesting. Are you watching the movie? That one, I the commentaries I really don't watch, but I love watching like the the behind the 
the scene stuff, making of, uh, yeah, concept all that. stuff. Um, that, that's, that's the stuff I like. And looking even at Walmart, it's the, the exclusive for everything is the digital, is the digital code Blu-ray in the 4K Ultra HD. Hmm. So I don't think we're going to get, like we, I, I think the days of the blue of the DVDs are going. Could be. Well, everybody already knew that was coming. So you can already yeah. get a player right now for like 25 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, so. but you know, iTunes, the, the movie, um, like for the Blu-ray or the digital movie for Last Jedi was over five gigs. <laughs> and that's at HD. Yeah. But everybody's putting it out on Blu-ray still. So you can still get the disc. Yeah. But my computer's not Blu-ray for me to rip a, a smaller version to put on the iPad. <laughs> that's why the digital versions, you stream them. You don't usually download them unless you have to. Well, my, right. my iPad, I, I don't have the ability to stream. Ah. Not when I'm in a, in a location where there's no Wi-Fi, so I gotta load it. So, anyway, well, um, uh, checking our time. I think we got room for one more story. Okay. Yeah, I think I gotta get back to it. I accidentally popped it. Ryan Johnson addresses why we don't see the Knights of Ren in The Last Jedi. Um, according to Johnson, who was on the Empire podcast, I'm not familiar with that podcast. Well, I think that's the, um, the podcast for Empire Magazine. Ah, yeah. okay. Um, we have a very full movie already. There literally was just not room for another element. I guess I could have used them in place of the Praetorian guards, but that, but then it would have felt like wasting them because all those guards had to die. And if Kylo had some sort of connection to them, uh, it wouldn't have added a complication that would have helped the scene. Truth is, I just didn't see a place for him in the movie. I, I think I agree. I do, yeah. Uh, and it would have been, but it wasn't needed for this. Right. And then he expanded on this point during a recent BAFTA Q&A, um, saying that in this particular story, there's much more, it's much more like the original trilogy, where Snoke, if you think about the actual scenes, um, if suddenly I had paused one of the scenes to give a 30-second monologue about who he was, it would have been kind of, it would have kind of stopped this, the scene in its tracks. I, I realized, even though it would have been interesting, something the fans were interested in as storytellers, we have to kind of kind of swerve what the scenes need to be. It's a tough thing, even though I knew some of the fans were interested in it, but I also knew it was something that was dramatically that dramatically had a place in this movie. Hopefully, it could be addressed elsewhere, or even JJ may address this in the next movie. But it's not something that's particularly interesting to Ray, so we kind of had to follow through. And then, of course, this was talking about. Um, after the Knights of Ren, um, you know, I could have garnered criticism to have the Knights appear silently in one scene alongside Snoke just for the purpose of being killed. So it would have been, it would have detracted from that whole scene if, if Snoke, if, if the Knights were there. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, um, the thing I could have seen is possibly um, a place to put him was um, when Luke is telling the story about what happened to Kylo when he said he took a certain amount of the students with him. If he didn't mention that that was actually the Knights of Ren, like he took um, a, he took like a third of the, my students with, or he killed everybody. It took a handful of students to become his new knights, and that's yeah. all they would have had to say. Yeah, they didn't have to say Knights of Ren, just if they said that they were um, his new knights or something. Mm. Yeah. Well, if I because. If, if, anyway. if I was going to expect them anywhere, I would have expected them on crate. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. 
if they're even still around. True, true. I don't know, but even even then, they probably wouldn't have had uh, a whole lot to do. This is true. So, well, that's all the news we got this week. Um, hopefully, we'll have some members of the Smugglers Alliance next week for a San Diego Comic-Con recap. But before we go, did I ever get that music up? I don't think I did. Oh, I don't think I ever did. Anyway, how about a little uh, Star Wars Smugglers Feud? Okay. So, uh, Bring it on. Top seven questions on the board. Uh, go th- through this hopefully somewhat quickly. Quickly, name something associated with stormtroopers. Derek, hmm. you go first. I'm going to say um, missing shots. Oh, sorry, I forgot which button. Ah. Missing ah. shots, I will say bad aim. Number one answer. Nice. Ken, six answers left on the board. Name something associated with stormtroopers. Armor. Number four. Back to you, Derek. I will say um the the helmets. Number two. Ooh, I thought that might have been included under armor. Nice. Oh, th- these answers are now going to start getting a little interesting. Ken, Uh-oh. can you come uh, up with the fourth answer or the a fourth correct answer? Blaster. Number three. Now the challenge begins. There's only three left. There's three left. And y'all are going to hate this, especially after I prove it to you that this is what the answers truly are. Um... Uh, uh, The one that bumped his head. (laughs) I didn't think so. With with, with the noises you were making, I thought I was going to have to go. (laughs) Coming up with that answer kind of felt like that. So one strike for Derek. Ken. Three answers left on the board. What is it actually called? What's the category actually say? Name something associated with stormtroopers. I don't even know how to say it, but they're name designations where it's letters and numbers. One strike mm. apiece. Back to Derek. Um, ah, that's a, ah, oh, that's yeah. a tough one. It's a toughie. Wrong. I think I got my next one. Uh, um... Oh, it will test your head and your mind and your brain. You ain't kidding. <laughs> uh, uh, I got nothing. I got nothing. Two strikes for Derek. Back to Ken. Darth Vader. Wow. Ooh. Ooh, that was a good one, too. Uh, there, there was an answer, potentially, but judges say no. Huh. I say... Sand Troopers? Move along. Move along. first. Let me see if I can find a good one, though. Something associated with Stormtroopers. Things associated with Stormtroopers. There's one. Set for stun. Voices. Uh, they're um, distinct voices. Coming in at number five, white. <laughs> number six, uh, Empire. Really? Oh, it gets even better. Number seven, white armor. What? What? White and armor are already there. <laughs> no joke. You're looking at it right there. Wow. It, it, it makes you wonder with 
<laughs> with these games. I just, the crazy, I'm not going to say stupidity, the craziness of these people. <laughs> it's just one of those, it's questions like this, makes Java go. <laughs> I think they were stretching on that one a bit. Oh, you should, should have seen some of the ones we've had from Marvel. <laughs> Stretches there, too. So, uh, final thoughts. <laughs> Uh, just uh, interested to see what comes out of Comic Con this year. Yep, yep. Glad to have Brian on the show. Yeah, that was yes. fun. Yeah, Him was yeah. He's he's fun to talk to. Yeah, he's he's great, great show. We will get him back over on Weeby Geeks. Yeah, and um, you had told me before, we are getting a third season of Toys That Made Us. Yep, mm-hmm. and it, um, getting a they're going to have to modify the theme song because well, anybody listens, <laughs> it says it's an eight part documentary series. They've already had the eight parts. Yep, you know what, Ken? When we have them on Weeby Geeks. I have to get. We'll have to get you on over there as well. Oh yeah, to make up for yeah. make up for how short he was with us this week, which I totally understand. He he's got to get stuff ready. Oh, for, yeah. He had to get stuff ready for Comic Con. So sure. Um, yeah, we just we appreciate him taking well, the time out to talk to us. Yep. As we're recording, he actually has a panel tomorrow. I believe tomorrow morning, isn't it? Uh, I thought it was tomorrow afternoon. Okay. Well, either way, he has a panel at, in San Diego tomorrow. Yep. So of course we're recording on a Wednesday this week because we were trying to accommodate. Brian, which was worth it. It really was. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, check us out on Facebook at Wookie Radio, on Twitter at Wookie Radio, on Instagram, Wookie Radio, all one word and underscored between the words. Uh, go to Wookie at Wookie Radio dot net for email. Hit us up. Leave us a voicemail on our on our speak pipe on the website. Um, anything else? Nope. Check out our check out our affiliates. Uh, until next time, only one thing left to be said. Give the evacuation code signal. All right, cut the chatter. Jinx, I can hold it. Pull up. No, I'm all right. I have placed information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. I've lost R2. Oh, my God.